Welcome to another episode of the It's Meg podcast, where I, Megan, sit down with a couple of the amazing ladies to dig up the dirt on the undead in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. For this episode, I've resurrected Casey, just Casey, and Elwyn, so we can sink our teeth into this episode called Malevolent Revenants and a Regiment of Prevalent Remnant Elements. Goddamn, nice. Yeah, and fucking nailed that shit. <laughs> <laughs> For this episode on the It's a Mimic channel, we are going to refuse to let go of the past and attack a handful of undead that have returned because they aren't finished fighting yet. Before we get any further into this topic, I want to ask, are you a forgive and forget kind of person or do you embrace your grudges? I embrace my grudges like a motherfucker. I don't think you understand. I live by them. (laughs) I am not surprised. (laughs) This is facts, people. This is facts. Uh, it, it's got a sliding scale, probably mostly embrace my grudges, though. I'd say I'm a 50-50. I am a forgive, but never forget. That's the thing. Yeah. Is I hold on to my grudge, yeah. but I hold on to it for myself and for yeah. my own motivations. It's nothing to do with Well, you. it's it's kind of like the, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you, and die in a fire. Fool me thrice, and <laughs> yeah. I'm going to burn it down. <laughs> like you don't live in a hovel and grovel over it. Yeah. the grudge. I but have- it's like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also give many. I give people many chances in life. Yeah, I just do. Oh yeah, I do as well. And then um, eventually, almost, probably to a fault. Yeah, and then I'm just kind of like at a point where I'm just like, okay, well, this is just a repeating habit in your life. Great. I'm either gonna live with this or I'm gonna move on from it. And <laughs> I don't make that decision for myself. But fuck you. <laughs> and I also hold grudges for other people. <clears throat> I'm that friend that once you tell me that you don't like somebody. We don't like them. I will oh, fight your yeah. grandma. And yeah. I can't, and I now have an enemy of some lady that I've never even met. 100%. Um, like, I will match your energy. I will do whatever you need me to do to make yeah. you feel supported. But, uh, yeah. I the can. issue is that you will never come back from it. You know that weird meme where it's just like, um, the guy wants to get back together with me, but I've already told my friend about you. Yeah. <laughs> I am the, yeah. It's like, fuck. I'm the friend that you don't want to tell mean things to, because I'll be like, well, I'm never going to like them again. So, yes. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Well, that being said, family, today we are going to be talking about revenants. Uh, is going to be the big topic of starting topic of today. And then we're going to get into a couple of really fun ones. So at first, I'm going to kind of take us through what a revenant is, what your base revenant is. But what it's neat to know is that what, these are one of the OG monsters of the 5th edition of, D, like not 5th edition, but like D&D as a whole. You will find revenants in every edition of Dungeons & Dragons with very slightly different things. Like how long they're a revenant for, how they become revenants. Just little tiny details, but the brass tacks of them basically stays the same. And as always, we're going to be following kind of what the 5th edition one looks like, as per written. So let's get into it. These are spirits who have passed on with an inherent need for revenge, like me. So they have, <laughs> they've been slighted by a rival or a loved one to the point where their spirit decides to basically live on so that it can act upon its revenge and its revenge is imperative to its existence. Their body raises similar to that of like a zombie, but instead of lifeless eyes, their pupils actually glitter with the spark of the I'm going to murder you for killing my chicken. Like just super, like gleaming eyes of I'm going to kill you. 
Should their body have been destroyed and unusable, they will take on the next nearest humanoid corpse. But no matter what they physically look like, the person who is targeted for revenge will recognize them. Mm. Oh. Which is an interesting thing. Yeah. So it's almost like you see, it's like seeing like it's a like thing of your nightmares, but only you can see it. Yeah. Right? Like it looks like, in my mind, it would look like the person that you expect it to look like, but to everybody else, they look different. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, look at this red-haired motherfucker walking. I'm like, what are you talking about? The silver, the silver-haired fox is walking up to me <laughs> yeah. and ready to murder me. He's about <laughs> to kill me. Yeah. yeah. That is a thing of nightmares. Yeah. Absolutely it is. Uh, so there are some limitations to this. Their hunger for revenge only lasts a year. Uh, if it fails to... If it fails on its... <laughs> you're laughing at that. You get one year to go. <laughs> one year. <laughs> Casey's like, fuck, that sucks. Uh, if they fail at their quest, or if they succeed uh, before the year is up, they will poof into dust and cease to exist. So either they will die after a year, or once they succeed at their mission to kill their revenge, they will disappear. Uh, they aren't dumb, though. If they are not strong enough by themselves to defeat you, like let's say they defeated you defeated this person, they became a revenant because you are 700 times stronger than they are, they're going to build an army to kill you. They're not dumb. Mm. They're not just coming after you themselves. They're going to build an army. They're going to gain allies. They're going to start a cult saying, fuck you, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) And they're going to come after you. No magic can hide you from them either. So if you are hunted Mm. by the Revenant, this is what is called their divine justice. Basically, this being knows where you are. It knows the distance and the direction that you stand. Constantly. And it's neat to know that they... That should the Revenant be vengeful against a group of folks, because that can happen, it will kill them in a very specific order. It kills the the first person it has to kill is the person that had the last blow on them. So let's say your team or your group killed some really strong wizard and then he died and then became a Revenant. Like, he's going to go after the barbarian that got the final kill first. And then start going in in a random order that the DM will kind of... Assess, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I imagine things like fi- all I could think in my head was final, final destiny. That's exactly yeah. what yeah. popped into my brain. Was it must be in an order? That's the thing. It's like, it's like death, death kills in order. Death is a design. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, that's all I could think about was this yeah. final destination shit, and now I want to do a final destination D&D. with a revenant. <laughs> yeah, with a revenant. But that's them kind of like and how they operate. So let's get into their stats a little bit. So they're a medium neutral undead being. Obviously, they're kind of like a humanoid if you think about it. Uh, they have an AC of 13, an average hit point pool of 136, and a speed of 30. So they sound like a pretty mundane human being to me. Yeah. However, comma, they are a CR5. So let me tell you why that happens. So their lowest stat is intelligence at 13, and their highest in, is in strength, con, and charisma at 18. So they're technically above average in all things. So they are better than your regular mundane human. They have saving throws in strength, con, wisdom, and charisma. They are resistant to necrotic and psychic and immune to poison, as well as being charmed, exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, poisoned, and stunned. So basically all the fun things that come with being an undead. Yeah. It has dark vision up to 60 Mm -hmm. feet and a passive perception of 13. Uh, It knows all the languages that it knew in life. And right now you're probably thinking, this is kind of just slightly another buffered zombie. But it gets neat when it gets into its abilities. So they have regeneration, which regains them 10 hit points at the start of every fucking turn. Unless it takes damage from fire or radiant damage during that round. And you can only destroy the body if they are below zero hit points at the beginning of its turn. And it can't regen back. So technically in that round you would have to kill them with fire or radiant damage. So that at the start of its turn it can't regen. And that's the only way to destroy its body. 
This would be a very fun suspenseful moment for your team, right? Like yeah. you've killed mm -hmm. the thing and yet the round keeps going for some mm -hmm. reason. Yeah. However, <laughs> they have rejuvenation, which means that when the body is destroyed, the soul is in limbo for 24 hours and then finds another body in the same plane of existence. So it doesn't have to just find the nearest one anymore. It can pick and choose its body from how I read it. And while in limbo, however, a wish spell can be used to send them to the darkness. So should your group be after a revenant, finding a wish spell or a way to make a wish spell is kind of a good idea because if you kill it, you wish it to be sent and then it will be gone forever. It won't rejuvenate and come after you more. They also have turn immunity, which kind of is kind of common for a lot of the more beefed up undead. This just means they can't be, they're immune to being turned undead from cleric nonsense. Right. Um, uh, then when you get down to the brass tacks, the actions, they hit you with their fists. It's a plus seven to hit with an average 11 damage. But if you are their target, you take an extra 4d6 on top of that. So it's still not a lot of damage if you're just fighting a revenant to fisticuffs it. Um, no multi-attack, just one hit? Yeah, well, no multi-attack, so it gets two hits gets with the fists. Two, okay. Two, two punches. So technically, yeah. if you're its target, it can do a max of, I think, we're looking at about four or five, so max four, eight, nine, ten, ten d6 damage, max, in a round, if you are the, the target. Right. Otherwise, they're just hitting you for regular shit. Yeah. Uh, however, comma, they can choose not to deal damage and just grapple you instead. So fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> die, respectfully die to fire. <laughs> they also have what's called Vengeful Glare. This means that if you are its target and you are within 30 feet of it, you have to take a DC 15 wisdom save or be paralyzed until it hits you. Oh, boy. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> or until the end of its next turn. And once paralyzed, uh, once you become unparalyzed, you are now frightened of them for one minute. Okay. So it still isn't very strong, in my opinion. Like the base, yeah. the base brass tax of a revenant is not very like strong. Yeah. So when I it's not a beefy. That's the thing. So I read when I read it stat block, I'm like that seems like not as scary as what I remember revenants being in my brain. And I feel like DMs do a lot of homebrew with their revenants to be like, yeah. okay, well, if it's a dead paladin, they're going to have the same abilities yeah. they had in their, their living yeah. life, right? Right, and have used the weapons that they had, yeah. things yeah. like that. Yeah. Right? So I feel like that's kind of like a homebrew thing you can add into there if you wanted to. But like, Yeah, I think there's that. And I think like I've definitely seen where characters have come back as revenants as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, I, I've, I've definitely, like, we'll get into it, like, we go yeah. through our questions and stuff like that, but there's a couple of really neat ideas you can use to use revenants, Yeah, but I feel like you have to get creative with them, because yeah. their base bones is boring as fuck. But I also think that even though their base bones are boring as fuck, to use your words, I think that they're also, they're almost like a blank canvas, so that you can make them your own, and you can yeah. kind of design them how, how it fits your own personal campaign, so... Yeah, and I love, like, and again, I love that they had put it, word, like, it rules is written, they will build an army if they have to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, yes, I am this weak little gnome, but I am going to kill that crazy wizard, and I am going <laughs> to build this whole fucking army to go after this fucking child. All right, choose a dice, fam. Okay. Oh, I rolled a one? Three? Wow! Oh, so you're going to go first, All second, right. third. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Elwyn, you're up first. So any, any neat quest ideas you can think of for Revenants? Ooh. There's a lot <laughs> that actually come to mind. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, um, you have a player that's playing a paladin or a fighter or something along those lines. They die. 
you know, especially if it's like a paladin or like a cleric, something along those lines, they could definitely come back as a revenant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If they're, you know, the the resurrection that their team tried to do doesn't work, but all of a sudden next day, yeah, <laughs> back in action, WTF, they don't realize that they're a revenant, but they've got like, they're just driven for that one soul. So do you think purpose. that if they, if they were to bring back, like, so they say it was a party member who died. Yeah. And they become back as a revenant. Do you think their revenge would be on the person that killed them? Or do you think their revenge would be on the team that let them die? <sighs> you know, Ooh. it could be. <laughs> See, and this, this is where you could add the layers. Yeah. Because it could be any of the two. Mm-hmm. It could be any of the two. Like you said, they are intelligent. Yeah. So are they going to then lead their team to their destruction or are they just going to be solely focused on that big bad that ended them? I'm just imagining, you know, at the table when you're like healers trying to decide who to heal that round. Yeah. And there's like one guy like lying on the ground like, heal me. And the other guy's like on the other side be like, heal me. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, this person's closer. I'll get you next round, bud. Yeah. And then next round comes around, they're dead. They, they fail their death save. And Whatever. They're, they're, they're gone, right? And it's kind of like, okay, well, I will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. What about you, Casey? I think you're next, yeah. Yeah. Rest of you. Yeah, like, this is a perfect thing to have in your back pocket to use in moments when your party does make... If you Say you have a generally good or neutral party... And then they pull some murder hobo shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I see. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. just going to remember that. And they just like, you know, haha, oh, that might have been a bad idea. But hey, we move on. Yeah. And then that person comes back like many a session later. Yeah. And maybe they are like, oh, shit. Well, oops. And kill them again. <laughs> and it may take them like three or four times before they realize that they need to do something else, this thing is going to keep following them and coming after them. And maybe that diverts them into a bigger quest because maybe they got lucky and killed something that was, like, not that beefy, but then it comes back every time with more and more stuff. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) more things. And so suddenly it, like, evolves into one of the bigger bad evil guys that they have to kill. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like... It can be inserted at any moment. Or if, like, one of your players pisses you off. And yeah. it's just like, you know what? We're going to take it down a notch. We're going we're gonna to think about <laughs> that. You, you can <laughs> have to down, on, down a couple yeah. notches. You kill the innkeeper. The innkeeper comes back as a revenant. Like, avenge his inn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it got destroyed in his absence. Right? And now you just have this innkeeper building an army against you. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. But it's... But that innkeeper has an uncanny ability to be at every inn that you go to at every town. And it's the same innkeeper <laughs> right? that shows up at every, every inn you check into. In the corner. He's just always there. <laughs> it's like a franchise that, like, he got a wizard's permission to be able to be available at every franchise yes. that you go to. He's like the Final Fantasy Sid. Or, like, or like the Nurse Joy. I was going to say, like, the like, Nurse Joy. <laughs> Just everyone you go to, it is just this innkeeper. Yeah. And he is just... See, it's like and the plaguing and, and you don't notice it for the first couple of inns that you go to. But <laughs> then you're just like, somebody rolls a really good perception check. Yeah. And there's like a little niggle at the back of their brain of like, why do I know this person? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
There you go. Layers, yeah. man. <laughs> Just <laughs> spinning some chaos into your party. Yeah, I remember, I think is yeah, in, in L5R, Roman built a, a noodle house that was a franchise that would have <laughs> a member of the same family in Love each that. noodle house. That was, anyways, it was a whole, it was adorable. But that's a really good idea. I like Franchises. That. Anyways, we've created a whole campaign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, I had an idea that, like, I love the fact that they're going to build an army. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a good starting point for your campaign is you are in the army of a revenant. And your goal is to find and find this person and bring them back alive so that the revenant can be the one that kills them. Ooh. So it could be a, a, you think you're the good guy because you're following the quest and following what you're supposed to be doing. And then you bring back this person or on the quest, you find out that this person is actually like this really, really good guy. And you have this, like this conscience issue of like, oh crap, we can't bring this guy back to our boss because we can't kill him. And that might pop off a whole fucking army or war or whatever, right? You can get into politics a little bit with D&D with that. Yeah, Yeah. and you could easily use this as a um, side quest for a party member that can't join for a couple months but still wants to play. And you can, like, take them on a journey like that on the side. It's like, you wake up amongst, you know, a whole group of paladins or a whole group of fighters <laughs> yeah and like you're you're or like you come to and you're all getting up and marching yeah. somewhere and it's yeah. like what the Where fuck are we going <laughs> and see how long it takes for you to realize you're a revenant <laughs> yeah so good mm-hmm. <sighs> that'd be fun all right next question is body horror for this one we kind of like talk about like because normally we talk with undead we talk about how like they're falling apart and they're gross and they're nasty but i find that revenants will just look like the person I mean, the most I would give them is maybe a scar of how they died. Like, let's say you stab them through the heart, they've got a scar down their chest, yeah. right? I don't know if you guys had any other ideas for that one, but I, like, in my mind, they don't, technically they don't raise, they technically raise those like zombies, but I, I feel like they heal, and then they look normal. And, like, yeah, with that ability to regenerate hit points, I feel like, yes, they, like, they're kind of in a stasis of they look like how they looked when they died. Yeah. yeah. With a scar, potentially, but then they regenerate back to that point. Yeah. yeah. Throughout. Yeah. It's only a year. Yeah. How much can you decay in a year anyway? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, because well, we play the homebrew rule in our game that if you die, you wake up with a scar. Yeah. Like, if you die and you're brought back to life, you have a scar. for Like, I, my character at the end, we ended up having to go and get glamour spells on us because we looked like <laughs> we, shit. We were so horrifying. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I was better than sense. many yeah. other people. But <laughs> I lit on fire. It was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> See, I play, like, those broken characters that would just own it. Yeah. We owned it for a while, yeah. but then we were supposed to be the good guys, mm. and we... And then you just, you look like that scraggly alley cat that you were, like, questionable. Well, again, I lit on fire, so, yeah. like, my hair was gone, my face was covered in scars, like, yeah. I was not... And I was the paladin of the group. Yeah. Know? So, like... Yeah. <laughs> I had to be a nice face, and I was not at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that there's a lot of body horror that would really stand out other than giving them kind of tokens of how they passed or, yep. or kind of tokens of their of their past life and things like that. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Maybe they carry a picture of the person they're targeting in their wallet, you know? <laughs> in a locket. Yeah. In, like a, in, a, in, a heart, in a heart-shaped locket and they just, every night... X out his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done it. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we'll move on to role-playing then. Lizzie, do you have any role-playing ideas for these ones or how you would handle them in a campaign? I mean, 
It's one of those ones that's like, you could just play it so normal. Yep. You could play the fucking innkeeper. If you you could to. be exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I think that that's, it's, it's one of those things that like, you have that crisis of conscience because if you have a scenario such as the one that you said for the quest, you know, you've got the crisis of conscience and things like that. So I, th- I think that there's so many, there's so much opportunity to really go in depth in like the soul searching and the politics in, in really like getting outside of your own comfort zone as a player mm-hmm. as well in putting yourself in those scenarios or having those scenarios that you really have to like take a step back and go like, okay, how would my character play this? Cause I know how I would play it in real life, but like, how would my character play it? Yeah. So I think it's one of those, like you could definitely have the layers and the challenges to it. Yeah. Um, but it would, but it would definitely be for me. Like I would mainly focus on like the psychology of it and like, figuring out like what's my conscience really saying yeah right if i'm if i'm up against them am i gonna try and help them yeah or am i gonna try and vanquish them yeah because if you witnessed the the death of someone who became a remnant yeah it's kind of like okay well yes killing somebody is wrong but they were killed by this person yeah so would i side with a remnant to be like no i'll help you get your revenge or would you yeah side with the person yeah. who's being targeted by a yeah. remnant. Yeah. <clears throat> Knowing that if the remnant kills, oh, they only have a year, technically, if you knew that yeah. a remnant only had yeah. a year, do you help them run for a year or yeah. do you help them destroy a remnant? Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, so you're right, yeah. like that, the conscience shit. What about you, Casey? Okay, I'm thinking on a different spin here. Say um, you encounter somebody that joins your party for a while and you don't know that they're a remnant. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to... Add the ability of, of somehow maybe they maybe it's a it's a pair and one of them is a magic user outside of the revenant. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give visions to the party members mm-hmm. as hints of mm-hmm. like like a battle or a like like from so it's like the DM role playing the revenant remembering how they were betrayed or how they were backstabbed or why they're doing what they're doing and give it like piece by piece not say who which one it is that's like projecting the the visions but see how long it takes them to realize what's actually going on yeah it would make it a more complex role-playing tactic yeah yeah or even they have nightmares and dreams are a good way to say dreams are a good one yeah yeah Stuff like that. Dreams or premonitions, things like that. Yeah. And so whether the Revenant knows and you're going to role play the Revenant not knowing, but then you're giving it, it's like going through the motions of having a nightmare and waking up Mm -hmm. and saying, I saw this and the players are trying to figure out what's wrong with it. Or it's just trying to fuck around with this group because it's going, it, it has found its target, mm-hmm. yeah. and so now it's trying to just pretend and go along, and yeah. you know, yeah. maybe it meets up and they realize that it's not powerful enough to defeat the party as a group, and so now it's trying to tactically like figure out a new game plan, but stay along with the group. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. role playing it as like so much deceit, but yeah. from the DM's perspective, doing that. For me, I'm thinking of like how I would. If I was to be a DM and I had a revenant in my campaign, how I would play them. And I would definitely play them manic as fuck. Yeah. You have one year 
to be able to do what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. You know where they are at yeah, all yeah, times. At all times. You just have to ensure that you are strong enough to kill them when you get a chance to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so do you do the plot point of trying to figure out, okay, I'm going to put all these pieces together and I'm going to get them. Mm-hmm. Or are you just like, no, I'm just going to march the fuck after him and I'm going to try and kill him multiple times. Yeah. Rejuvenate and just keep multiple coming times. Back. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just like, keep coming back. That's the decision I would want to make. Is, is this going to be a person that's going to be like, forthcoming and be like, no, like, I'm strong enough and I'm going to kill you on my own. And then, like, to your point, is in every fucking inn you're in mm-hmm. and tries yeah. to kill you every time you walk into an inn. Yeah. Or do <laughs> yes. you play the long game where the manic role-playing is, like, they just show up at the end of the campaign. Yeah. Or as your, like, mid-campaign, like, cliffhanger, yeah. right? Um, just to be like, no, I've been following you for finale. months. <laughs> right? <laughs> Totally. And I would also like, um, and this actually brings us to like our next section on exploration and clues. I would yeah. love it that the person who is the target just randomly sees them in the crowd every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. That was exactly what I was thinking is just, they are a patron of every tavern that you walk into and they are always just in that shaded corner booth or, um, or... They are a whisper amongst the the crowds at the market that you're in of like, oh, did you see that like suspicious looking guy in the cloak? <laughs> you know, it's just like the whispers amongst the crowds and things like that. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but the body well. he's in is just a random goblin in your group is like, dude, it's just a, it's just a regular guy. <laughs> it's just a regular guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you could have it so that even the story, the the bad story of how you killed that person or that creature is ahead of you all the time. And yeah. so then you get the bad reputation before you get anywhere new you're going. Yeah. And so, like, it's like, oh, I know who you are. You yeah. whatever. And it's like they're coming for you. <laughs> and, like, you are always just trying to stay ahead. And it's like maybe they won't know about it. But then you talk to the right person and it's like, Mm. Or you get the stairs from across mm. the inn yeah. from just different people. I love the idea of there being like a random fortune teller's booth mm. that just like pulls <laughs> one of the characters over. And it could be the person who's being hunted and it could just be a person from the party. And they're just like, gives them a bit of a premonition of like, you are being followed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, set the paranoia yeah. in before yeah. you even realize who's coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> so say, kind of touching back on what we had talked about a little earlier about the Revenant always goes after the one that deals the the last blow. Yeah. But the entire par- party contributed to murdering this guy. Oh, they're after your horde, yeah. Would, so, but the Revenant only appears to be that person to the person that they're hunting. Would the whole party then, because they're technically hunting the whole party, but in order, would only Ooh. one of your party members see it until that party member falls and then the other ones is it like a chain domino Ooh, effect I like that. I feel as like well rules as written it doesn't necessarily <clears throat> say that like only one person sees it it does state like you, the target like who is who it's hunting so I'm yeah. assuming that it's that it, way and it's, I like if it it's that like way. Cl- if it's like clan party or if it's just one singular person I think that I like the idea that it's just who it's targeting it's a singular person is the person yeah. that can see it and then when that person falls, when that person falls, the all next sudden, party member, the barbarian's like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah. and it's like an, <laughs> almost like an instant transformation because like that one party member falls. Yeah, they haven't been resed. They've got to make a, a death save. All of a sudden, the next person is like, 
why did that gnome just turn into the dark elf? Yeah, but then yeah. the rest of the party's like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. Like, oh, that'd be so, it's yeah. such a good reveal, too. Yeah. Because, like, you can have, you can just have, like, a one-on-one with the person that's being hunted and be like, you know who it is, but just don't say it yet. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, so we just want a big reveal, so then, like, they walk into the first battle and, like, immediately just one-shots, like, the paladin in the group. Yeah. And then falls down to the ground, and then the next person sees it. And, like, then it just pops. And then everybody's like, holy shit. Yeah. Revenant in time. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then and your wizard of the group that knows it will be like, we're fighting a Revenant. Okay, okay. <laughs> what do we got to do? Let me get my playbook. Let me, <laughs> Let me consult my tombs. Your bard's like, I've heard a song about this once. Give me a second. Like, tomes, not tombs. <laughs> to, to, tomes or tombs? Tomes or tombs. <laughs> Didn't we have an episode where we struggled with that one a lot? Yeah, the battle goes on. Yeah. I think it's tomes. Tomes? I like both. I will inter. I, will I, I use them interchangeably. Interchangeable. Yes. All right. Anything final for like combat thoughts for them? Because I mean, like again, brass tacks are pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> Their tactic is, in my mind, they're going to build an army. Yeah. Like. Or at least, like, a small cult of people. Or, or they're going to bide their time and wait. Bide their time and wait. Or, like, poison you slowly. Yeah. Or, like, do something. Like... I also... I, I kind of like the idea of, like, the stealth combat of, like, the slowly breaking you down psychologically until you're just a shell of what you were as a character <laughs> because of the amount of trauma that you've sustained. Yeah, that's fair. Jesus. <laughs> we like that. <laughs> we're here for the psychological trauma. <laughs> Always, always. Yeah. As written, if they don't even actually have a specific weapon ability, it's just like a slam attack. Like, that's that's so uninspiring. Like, that is the place where you bring in some sort of interest. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whether you're using an old character or somebody that they came across and killed, or just bringing something else new into it. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have something. Reese going to. Come on. I love the idea of, in my mind now, I'm going to call it the reverse revenant because it's the, your party member dies and they're coming after you because you let them die. Yeah. And then the clue for the rest of the party, because only the one person who's on the target right now sees them, like, their their clue is that they're in that person's clothing and mm-hmm. has their ancestral sword. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And they're just like, why do you have our friend's stuff? And our yeah. person's like, ah, that is our friend. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> Joe's just sitting over there. (laughs) Kevin's just around the corner. All right. What do we have next? All right. We are moving on to sword wraiths. So there are two types of these monsters, the sword wraith warrior and the sword wraith commander. Mm -hmm. Um, So the sword wraith is pretty straightforward as well. Uh, They are warriors who lived and breathed battle and glory, but died on the battlefield without honor. So they are described with a little more content in other lore sources. The book I am uh, referencing is Mordenkainen Presents Monsters of the Multiverse. So in other sources besides this book, they have called them more like undead creatures arising from the bodies of mercenaries whose lust for war was too great for the death to distinguish. Mm. So it's more like, I wasn't finished, I want more death, I want more destruction, versus I died before I like fulfilled the honor of my family. (laughs) So spin it how you want. The art for this depicts a decayed body with tattered clothing and armor and weapons that look very rusted or old looking. 
and they have glowing red eyes and it also looks like they have like a glowing chest like where their heart would be just pulses red mm-hmm. but because their flesh is rotting like you can just like see it through that so it's pretty creepy gross so like i said there are two versions of the sword wraith the sword wraith warrior and the sword wraith commander you will tend to find or encounter both of these in they're haunting the fields in which they battled or they're haunting the area in where like there was the mass graves of the dead in the battle. Mm-hmm. And you are more likely to have interactions with the commander as they were more likely to be the leader of the legions and now the undead legions of the warriors. And they are going to actually react to the behaviors of those who enter the area. So should you question their valor or their strength or position in power, they will just attack you. They'll be like, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you recognize what battle took place there and praise their valor or convince them of your own military position being equal or superior to them, or should you perform a ballad in their honor, they may then decide not to fight you and be calmed down and perhaps become an ally. So they are bloodlust first, but the commanders have a little bit different stat blocks so that you can actually communicate with them. Okay, so we are going to start with um, some stats on the Sword Wraith Warrior. These are medium undead and typically lawful evil. They have an AC of 16 and have chainmail and shield. Hit point average is 45 and movement speed is 30 feet. They are a challenge rating of 3. So that should give you an indicator that these are like the marching soldiers that died. So you are probably going to find them in multiples. It's going to be rare you'll find them just singular. Um, And not surprisingly, these warriors have their highest ability stat in strength with a plus 4 modifier. And second is con with plus three, and it's a steady decline after that with dex plus one, charisma zero, wisdom minus one, and intelligence minus two. They're soldiers. They were told to do one thing in life, which is just fight in battle, and so they're going to just continue doing that now that they're dead. Moving into damage resistances, your usual necrotic, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. They have damage immunity to poison, Conditional immunities, exhaustion, frightened, poisoned, unconscious. They have dark vision of 60 feet and passive perception of 9. It knows the language it knew in life and has unusual nature, which we see very frequently in the Undead series, which is it does not require air, food, drink, or sleep. So what can the Sword Wraith Warrior do in combat? Well, it carries a battle axe and a longbow. It's a fighter. It has a plus six to hit with its battle axe and within five feet and one target for 1d8 plus four slashing damage, and it can use it two-handed for 1d10 plus four slashing damage. It has a plus three to hit on its longbow for a ranged attack and will deal 1d8 plus one piercing damage on a hit. Hmm. It does have one bonus action ability called Martial Fury, where it can make one attack with its battle axe or longbow as a bonus action, but then attacks against it have advantage until the start of its next turn. So I see this as like a somewhat modified rage or like that blood rust 
bloodlust coming through, where it's so focused on just getting another attack in that you can gain an advantage when you, like, come back at it. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't care about trying to defend itself in that moment. No, it's sacrificing itself to get the kill. Yeah. Um, And that's that's it for the warrior stat block. Um, They are your classic, like, lower-ish level fighter. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they can do some damage, but... Uh, in numbers, they're much more difficult. Yeah. They're your frontline warrior that was sacrificed at the start of the battle. Absolutely. And yeah. now they're just following the Sword yeah. Wraith commander's direction. Yeah. So moving into that, um, they are very, very similar, just a little more beefy with landing at a CR of 8. So the um, warrior is at a 3. So it has an AC of 18, as it has a commander's breastplate armor and shield, and it has over double the HP with an average of 127, and the same movement speed of 30 feet. So this maybe is a little more comparable to um, the Revenant, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Its con is bumped up a little bit to be equal to strength at both plus 4, and then it does not have any negative modifiers like the warrior in its abilities. Dex and charisma are plus two, wisdom is plus one, and intelligence is plus zero. So it's a clear indication this is the one that will want to interact with you a little more than just be fodder and on the battlefield. Um, but like they don't have a lot working for them either. Like their wisdom and intelligence are their lowest stats. Mm-hmm. But they have one clear kind of purpose only. It's just fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, and the honor and pride thing. Um, it knows the languages it knew in life and also has the unusual nature. So if we get into the extra abilities that the Sword Wraith Commander has over the Sword Wraith Warrior, it has Turning Defiance. So it and any other Sword Wraiths within 20 feet have advantage on saving throws against effects that turn undead. It also has Call to Honor. So once per day, if it has taken damage during the combat, the commander can give itself advantage on attack rolls until the end of its next turn and summon 1d4 plus 4 sword wraiths warriors Mm -hmm. to unoccupied spaces within 30 feet. So it can just pop in potentially up to 5 um, warriors in its space if it takes damage. Yeah. yeah. So that suddenly gets a bit more scary. <laughs> All spicy. An undead shield. Yeah. Yeah, of yeah right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and so these warriors take their turn right after the commander. So it's not even that they get rolled in. Mm. It's like if it does this ability, they show up and they attack, and immediately, they attack immediately after it. Um, and they last until they drop to zero hit points. So then they kind of, mm. they have, a, they're like a one shot from that. Gotcha. In terms of attack, the commander does have multi-attack to make two attacks with either a long sword or a long bow. It has a bit higher modifiers, so the long sword has a plus seven to hit, five foot reach on one target. It will deal 1d8 plus four slashing, or it can use it two-handed on a hit to do 1d8. Uh, 10 plus 4 slashing. I love that you wrote 1d20. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, maybe that's a mistake. That is definitely a mistake. It's like, wow. That's nice. That's, that's a big hit. That's fancy. Um, and the longbow attack has a plus 5 to hit one target ranged attack that deals 1d8 plus 2 piercing damage on a hit. 
Again, it's just a, it's a beefier fighter, but nonetheless still a fighter with a couple extra abilities. It too has the Martial Fury ability as a bonus action, but when it makes that attack with its longsword or longbow as a bonus action, the attack deals an extra 2d8 necrotic damage on a hit, and then attacks have advantage against it at the start of its next turn. So that's like an extra little, like, just jab yeah. <laughs> on, on that final fury, fury attack. Um, and that's it. Uh, one final fun fact I read online was that towns that are nearby ancient battlefields often hold festivals in remembrance and honor of the sword race in order to keep their bloodlust and battle savviness at bay. So they just like keep doing this because like probably things went really bad for a couple years or like a decade. And they're like, hmm, just we cele- should learn from this. <laughs> Let's just celebrate them. Make them feel good at me. Exactly. Yeah. Love that. Just hanging out, waiting for their offerings, being like, (sighs) exactly. Oh, it's like old pagan gods just waiting for their sacrifices for a bountiful harvest. Like, thanks, thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So yeah, they're um they're pretty cool. All right. So we can ask some questions about these ones. I think you can interchangeably say one or the other with your answers if you want to. Like if you have an idea for one or the other. So let's roll some dice. Oh god. 13, 14. 14. So I'll go first. I'll answer my own fucking question. That's fine. <laughs> um, so quest ideas for this one. I I do like the idea of the the whole the holding a festival. <laughs> like you've walked into a town and it's kind of like all I'm thinking of is like Legend of Zelda, like the Ocarina of Time, where the oh. town is about to have like a big festival and it's going to yeah. take three days until the festival starts. Yeah. yeah. You don't really know what the festival is about. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like let's that's... Join in the festivities. Yeah, that's, that's like, let's join in the festivities. What are we celebrating? Oh, like, it's, it's a... We're just making sure that this guy doesn't come slaughter us all. <laughs> slaughter us all in our sleep. What? Yeah. So we're going to hold this festival, and we're going to make all these offerings and sacrifices, but we're still in bed promptly 11 p.m., and the doors are closed and locked. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, wait, what? There is a curfew. Yeah. So then I feel like there would be an opportunity for you guys to, like, investigate the city to find out if there's a way to lift the like curse. The village. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan's the village where you've got the curfew because you don't know what's coming out the woods. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't know what's going to happen when the lights go out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like that would be, like, the... You won't even necessarily have to have a quest there. I don't think it would be my main quest. It would just be like a weird side thing that happened if you went into a town. Your group would decide if you wanted to help them out or partake in the festival or only spend a day or two here and then leave before the festival happens. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Could be a potential. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what about you, Lindsay? Any other thoughts? Ooh. Quests. I mean, this is kind of one of those, like, you could have, like, that commander and that is the lead up to that big bad you know, the, the commander is the commander for the big bads army. Yeah. And so, you know, as you're kind of nearing the end, you've, you know, just one last push, you know, you're on like episode 10 of 12 and, <laughs> yeah. and, and you, you come across essentially the army of remnants and you have a whole shit ton of warriors and you're like, oh, these, these guys are pretty squishy and they're pretty easy to get through. And you're yeah, just kind of going through the coals. Yeah. You're just, you're just going through them. And then all of a sudden you got big daddy commander yeah. <laughs> that just kind of shows up and they're like, what's up? When you said that group of commanders, I thought like an idea popped into my head where it'd be really neat if you knew that it was an area that had mm. multiple battlefields yeah. that would have a commander that followed this one evil, big, yeah. bad, evil guy. And to take away this man's power, you do have to destroy like the 12 commanders. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. 
Because, like, every, every sh- like, kind of Viking or old school show that we've watched, like, there's the, there's the, the cliffs and then, like, the battlefield. The battlefield. So I feel like probably generations of battles and the carnage of putting mass graves will be in the same location. It's like, oh, we're piling this on top of that battle of, like, 150 years ago. So, like, it could just keep compiling. My brain immediately (laughs) went to, like, how many battlefields, like, during the Roman Empire and all of that sort of stuff, like, when they're going down into... How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Oh, my God! You did! I did. No, I, I asked my... I asked my husband that, and he's like, almost never. And I was like, you're an odd man. I should never think about the Roman Empire. (laughs) But yeah, like, it's like, we will meet on the field of blah, blah, blah. It's it's, it's like the 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 ancestral field of battle. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be neat. What about you, Casey? Any other quest ideas? Okay, I like the idea of having this way forward, like the long game, you're trying to like figure out a way to defeat this one thing, and you think that one of the the commanders, if there's multiple, has the information you need. And so you go to the village, and they're setting up this festival, and it's like, okay, well, we can't wait three days for this festival for them to chill the fuck out. We need to go talk to them. And so you go and try and talk to them, and you find out that like... It's actually not the big baddie that you are going for. There's like someone else. Yeah. It's like no, we. What what god did you say or who the hell did you just mention? No. <laughs> and then they go into like a rant about like and just like disprove a lot of the information you thought was giving you the direction. Yeah. And you're just thrown by this whole thing. Then, you know, you never know what the rest of the party's doing. If you piss them off, they just start battling and they go, no. And they turn and start marching towards the village. Because, yeah. like, it was their fault you're here. Yeah. <laughs> so then you just have the guilt of them going after the villagers. Yeah. There. <laughs> it's like that whole, like, improperly written history, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, you go in and you learn, oh, this big bad happened. And, like, the big, big bad was the good guy. And then you go and you, like, talk to these this, this commander. And he's like... Uh, no, we were slaughtered here. Yeah. There's a reason we're here. Yeah, because they know that that is the only reason they are still existing. Yeah. So. yeah. Fuck you guys and your shit. Yeah. But, all right, body horror. So, I'm first on this one. Yeah. Settle down there, Elwin. <laughs> um, so, for body horror, so these ones do kind of read in the fact that they're, like, skeletal. <laughs> I just had to say it once. I'll say it more times in this series. Uh, But they're very skeletal. They're like, like, yeah, you see their bones. You see the the glowing heart part. Like, that to me, like, the glowingness of the chest and being able to see their heartbeat, I feel like you could almost see, like, the blood pumping through their veins, too, as, like, dissipates into their arms and legs. Yeah. So if they're wearing armor and you can't see it on, like, their chest directly, I would almost say, like, you could see it pumping through their arms, too. Right? That's yeah. for the commander anyways. But, like, do they both have all, like, the warrior and the commander are pretty much the same? Yep. Yeah. It's described as, like, the sword wraiths as a whole. As a whole like have that. that. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty dope. And mm-hmm. I would ble- I would lead into that. And I'd almost feel like because you can see it and it's almost, like, on the outside of, like, their bones, you'd be able to hear it, too. Oh, yeah. Ooh, you hear the... Yeah. Th- 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 yeah. 
And what if, like, all of the warriors, it's in unison, just for the fuck of it, and so you're walking through the cemetery. It's like their war drum. (laughs) And, yeah, and you just hear this, like, rumble, heartbeat on the wind. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Elvin? Um, Yeah, I mean, I would definitely also very much lean into, like, because it says, like, the tattered clothes and the, the skeletal you know, leaning into, like, these glowing zombies. Like, they are, they are, you know, you see them in, in like, the hordes and things like that, and you just see kind of, like, this just red glow that's yeah. just off in the distance at first, and then right. you're just kind of, like, sitting there, and you're like, what's going on? But then they're, like, a little slow-moving. They're not a little, a little out of step, a little disjointed... Not so much with like the full zombie walk, but they just look, it just looks a little off as they start getting closer. And then you just see essentially like these glowing zombies. Yeah. yeah. And like some will have like be missing their foot. Yeah. And some very much so. Like and like limping, they but still very going. much carry the wounds of how they died. So like, yeah. miss like, like arrows through the eye. Like you're, you're looking at like ripped off. Mm-hmm. You know, like missing jaw, limbs. like missing limbs, like half of their face is blown off, yeah, like that sort of stuff, and they're just a straight zombie horde heading towards you. But they're not zombies; they're a little worse. Still, what about you, Casey? Yeah, I do like that they give them armor and give them mm. a weapon. Now that we've covered the revenant in detail, this takes out that kind of creativity a little bit, but. I also like that the art um, is clearly a female version of this. Ooh. Like, it's got, like, long hair, and, like, you can just tell. Yeah. yeah. So, because naturally you would think this is an army of, like, men, because you think of old-style battles where the women weren't included. So I was like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also based off of the axe, she almost looks like she's, like, a Viking or something like that. Which is yeah. Very... Very cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't really have anything more to add for body horror. Yeah. I think we got it. It's true. Um, all right, role-playing ideas for these ones. So I think for the warriors, they wouldn't really have much communication needs as to what you said, Casey. But like, I feel like the commander, I would play them very like calm and collected. They're mm. like, this is like almost like Barbosa. Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just like, this is just my army of people. Yeah. We've been here forever. We can't go anywhere. Yeah. This is just what we haunt, and if you want to walk across, good for you, but we'll probably kill you if you tried. Super confident. Um, Convince me not to. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. A little too confident. Yeah. I mean, like, I was like, I have a, like, and it's just him standing there, and all of a sudden, like, okay, I imagine this in my head. He's just standing there, like, the edge of, like, the battlefield, and it's, like, this really smoggy, Mm swampy-looking battlefield, but you can see these weird glowing pots, like, within the waters, Mm -hmm. or, like, within the swamp. There's, like, these glowing red areas, Mm -hmm. so you know that there's under the water or, like, within the swampy grassness, and then... That's the thing, and he's just standing there, just like I don't, I don't know what you, what if you, if you want to cross, <laughs> did you, did you, you want to fuck around, you can find out, <laughs> absolutely find out if you want to fuck around. So like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, what to be yeah. willing? What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say something similar. I mean, I, I would say that there's not a lot of, not a lot of theatrical role playing for the warriors, but definitely the commander. You could play it in in a lot of different ways. You could. 
you could kind of play it as, um, you know, this is Sparta, you know, he is the one that is charging and leading the battlefield and you just all of a sudden see a freaking army of these guys rise up and, and yeah. out of the mist and you're just like, oh my god. But then you could also very much play it that that stoic you know, I am confident in my position and in my command. Yeah. Yeah. So. And like, even like the laugh, like the arrogant mm. laugh they like, have, like across the <laughs> way towards yeah. them, like just, yeah. and then everybody fear. laughs with him in unison. So you hear the, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. across the field. <laughs> and then the fate heartbeats. Yes. The beat. That's the, I like the fact that you said the heartbeating yeah. thing. Yeah. That'd be really cool that to put in there. Yeah. I immediately, uh, we've gone there m- in many of the Undead series, like, to Lord of the Rings, like, the ghosts under the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you transport those just from, like, them being stuck under the mountain to another one, where, yeah, like, the commander is somewhat pissed. Is <laughs> like, yeah. like, we are, in the sense of, like, maybe nobody has navigated through their area in mm-hmm. ten years or a hundred years and he is just waiting for his next battle to prove, like, the strength of his army. And so yeah. when you come across, he's ready to do it. But then if you roll really well, you can pause and make him talk. And he's just this arrogant prick that just yeah. has, like, super bitterness, mm-hmm. chip on his shoulder. And it's like, well, if you got maybe a really, really intimidating barbarian or fighter that can convince him that they're, like, above, like, a level above them in military stance, or yeah. you have a clever bard that could maybe, maybe like pass as no, no, like we need your help, like mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and gain allies in that. But yeah, all right. Any final thoughts on exploration clues or combat? Um, I think we can choose either one of those. Um, I feel for exploration. I love the imagery now in my head. The fact that when you get close, you can hear the beating hearts. Yeah, like that's your first mm-hmm. clue. Um, other than knowing the history of the area, like, yeah. you may run into them, but if you don't know the history of area, or maybe you come across the battlefield before you get to your next town, I like the idea of the beating hearts. I like the visual that I had said about how, like, you can see the glowing. Yeah. Like, let's say that you camped at nighttime just on the outskirts of it, and, like, the night that goes black at night, then all of a sudden you see a red glow through the trees. Are you yeah. in my brain right I now? Know. <laughs> Because that is exactly what I was thinking, was you just, you're in that village, you're looking out your window of the inn, you're just ready to settle down for the night, and you're just looking on the horizon, and you just see this red glow. Yeah. Yeah, What's that? Red sea over there. Yeah, it's like, and, oh, let me sit down, children. Let yeah. me tell you a story. And then the next day is the day that the village starts prepping for their festival. And you're like, what is this festival all about? You're like, oh, you were that red hue that you saw yeah. yesterday? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so if you have party members who love to talk to every single villager, I just did. <laughs> I was just playing for like a whole week with my family, like my sister and her kids. And like... They want to talk to anyone and everyone. And so this, like, you could drop so much clues and exploration stuff in information in the villagers. Maybe some of them are descendants of that commander. Mm -hmm. And so, like, they are shunned and they can't go to the festival because they are not allowed because, like, they're part of, like, the... No, this is your fault that we have to do this and we're trapped here. And so you start to get a sense of, like, dynamic and there's certain things people won't talk about. Children 
like blurt out something and then the the parent is like shut up we don't talk about that yeah. <laughs> could you imagine if the solve of like sending like them like giving them their sending is that like the family makes amends with each other yeah like you reunite the great great grandfather oh, with, their with their great great granddaughter, granddaughter and that's what sends them yeah like that was their last yeah or they mm. be- and they, or they believe their entire family generation was killed but mm-hmm. they weren't and they're living just like in that village, but they've been keeping it secret for like two hundred years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like you're like, no, your bloodline exists. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, bring her to me. <laughs> it's like okay, and that's how they invade the village. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, for for combat, I don't think it's anything that exciting. I mean. They're warriors. I think the only thing I'll say is if you're, you're in a battle with the warriors, use their bonus action to, like, yeah. do the extra because they're going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't care about their own bodies. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Their goal is to kill you. Yeah. Um, I do feel like you can slow down to your point, Casey, with the commander, but I think that, like, if you're going to play warriors, they're going to try and kill you. Yeah. yeah. Murder, yeah. murder, murder. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. All right. All right, Ellie, I think you're next. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so next on the docket um, is the Forsworn. So Forsworn are spectral embodiments of former Solemnic knights. Uh, So they've also got, like, they've got an unwavering commitment uh, to their duties, even in death. Okay. So they were sworn to something in, in life, and they're carrying that on in death. Um, so these aspir- uh, apparitions, they, they wield spectral weapons and armor. They retain combat skills that they possessed in life. Um, and their capacity to harness, or they have capacity to harness magic as well as seek aid from deceased companions as well. Um, so much like Revenants, the Forsworn um, obsessively center their existence on a singular goal and adamantly persist uh, in their undead state until they accomplish their life's mission. So should a Forsworn be defeated uh, before fulfilling its duty, it does return after uh, three days uh, with full strength and everything. Uh, So they're kind of reinvigorated (laughs) to keep on going. Try again. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Keep trying. Yeah. So because the Forsworn have a sole purpose and duty, you could really encounter these guys in just a magnitude of different settings. Um, could be as an unyielding guardi- guardian um, for a valuable artifact in a sanctuary or a castle or a dungeon. Um, they could also be bound uh, by an oath to protect a specific family's lineage, um, something along those lines. So breaking these guys down in stats, uh, they are medium undead. Uh, they are typically lawful good. They have an AC of 18, thanks to plate armor. Uh, they have uh, 82 hit points and 30 feet of movement, and they are a CR of six. Um, so they mm. also have a plus five to strength, plus four to wisdom, three to constitution, two to dex, one to intelligence, and zero to charisma. So a nice little nice yeah. step down. Yeah. <laughs> um, they also have a plus eight to strength saving throws and a plus seven to wisdom saving throws. So it's going to be pretty tough to try and pull a fast one over on any of these guys. Mm. Yeah. They have resistance. So you've got, uh, you know, your usual for undead, necrotic, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical. They're also immune to poison. Um, Their conditional immunities are exhaustion, 
um, frightened, grappled, paralyzed, petrified, poisoned, prone, restrained, and unconscious. Great. So they are immune to a lot. Yeah. Um, they have 60 feet dark vision, and they also have a passive perception of 14. So they have something that is called duty bound, uh, which essentially means that they are bound to a singular duty um, that it has pledged its life to. Uh, they also have incorporeal movement, which means that they can move through other creatures oh, and objects. I hate that every time. <laughs> yeah. As if it was difficult terrain. Mm -hmm. And if it ends its turn inside an object, it takes five points of damage. Yes, that force damage nonsense. Yeah. 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 Um, so they also have, like all other um, in the undead, they have unusual nature where they don't require food, drink, air, or sleep. Forsworn have, uh, they, they do melee attack. Uh, they have a multi-melee attack where they make a whopping three attacks with its spectral pole arm. So it's a plus eight to hit with a five foot reach for one target, uh, and it deals uh, 12 points of damage, or I guess you could say it is uh, 2d6 plus 5 force damage. Yep. Yeah. So, whops you with that three times. Forsworn also have the ability to cast spells using wisdom uh, and a spell save DC of 15. So, two times a day, it can use either command or detect good or evil. And once a day, it can use wall of force. So it can say, nope. No, thank you. Uh, lastly, the Forsworn have a bonus action of Phantasmic Battalion. So Ooh. basically, it can call its buddies to come out and play. Uh, the Battalion of Ghostly Soldiers fills a 10-foot cube centered around the Forsworn, moves when the Forsworn moves, and lasts until its next turn. While they're present in the area that they occupy, the area is considered difficult uh, terrain, and it also increases the Forsworn's melee from five foot to 10 foot. It's like their version of Guardian Spirits or whatever yeah, that one is. That pretty like, much. Yeah, pretty much. Guardian Spirit. Yeah, that's, that's essentially what it is. Yeah. Cool. And then it can but attack just... from behind that. Yeah. We yeah. Love, we love that for him. <laughs> Sorry, them. them. <laughs> <laughs> we love that for them. Yeah. Well, neato. All right, shall we raise some dice? Let's do it. With feeling? Am I gonna... Oh, God. Yes. No, no double digits for me All yet. Right. 16 for me. Elwin got nine. nine and you got a six. All right, I will answer my first question. I'll answer my own questions as always. All right, so first one we always talk about is an eat quest idea. I think for the Forsworn, because they're a little bit different from Revenants in the fact that not only is it just they have revenge on people, but it is a personal vendetta to themselves about yeah. like, no, I have a duty that I need yeah. to fulfill, right? So these, in my mind, can be used as your quest givers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or either to take a part, like one part of a longer stretch goal that they have to be like, okay, well, this is what I'm trying to do, but I'm just going to send you to go do this small mission for me to kind of like tick off my to-do list before I get to do the big, big thing. Mm -hmm. And they could end up being your big bad evil guy at the very end of the game because you went and helped this man slaughter a sheep. You know what I mean? Like, so you can have the smallest task at the beginning of the game. You have an interaction with this person. 
you help them out because you're the good guys, and then you realize that what, what Casey and I do on a regular basis in our campaigns is we unleash whole evils onto the world on a regular basis. <laughs> I feel like that would be a good thing. But I feel like because they're constantly, like, trying to be like, no, these are, like, my duties and my quests are my thing, they can be a quest giver for your team. Yeah. That's my thoughts. Yeah, I kind of think of it as they could, in a very weird, creepy way, because that's where my brain goes, uh, be a fun companion for one of your party members. Like, they are sworn to protect that party member. Oh, you got your, like, Yojimbo you, thing yeah, going on. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, okay, okay. So you've got, like, a fun little, like, NPC that just is hanging out, floating around, following this one person, and you're like, they're like, why are they following you around? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but... Here's Steve. Yeah. This was up, Steve. I feel yeah. like I can also... The weirdest part was, like, as soon as he said that, all I could picture was how Mieka would play that. And she'd be so annoyed that someone was following them around trying to, like, take yeah. care of her. But, like, that's the thing, is that, like... <laughs> like, it could be to, like, the annoyance of your part... Of your of one of your party characters. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Of one of your... Of, yeah. But then that's just kind of one of those... He's just like, no, you have to go this way. And then if you just really have, like, a character or a, a, a player like Nieka, where she'd be like, okay, you're asking me to go that way? I'm going to go that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go the complete opposite. And this guy is just... Like, <sighs> what if, yeah, like, what if it was, like, their, their like, squire? Yeah. yeah. That, like, it was like, oh, he was the worst, thank God he died. And then it's like, hello. <laughs> Yeah. Or it was like it was like her yeah. father's squire and then like his her dad or, died or and his dying like, breath was like, no, like you didn't protect me, protect my dog. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. I also like the idea of because I have that ability of um like poofing a cube. Yeah. Is like they're like like, it has to be done. And they go into, like, who they're protecting, give them the force damage, but then it's like, but look! And then they have, like, the cube surrounding them, and it's like, but like, damn it, Steve! <laughs> <laughs> because they have to take force damage. They both do. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm protecting you, I swear! <laughs> go this way! Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I Just a little... I can top that. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little comedic... But also dark. Yeah, that's how we roll here. In Jackson, tear, tear. Yeah. Did you have any other further uh, thoughts on quest, Casey? Yeah, not really. Those are pretty good. Um, I there. These are way more versatile for adding them in in different spots than the other ones we've talked about. Because they can be good or evil. I think. Yeah. Well, they're right? they're typically they're typically evil. lawful. No, they're typically lawful good. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So they're not really. You know, they're just, they're sworn to protect this one thing, or they're sworn to do this one thing. Yeah. They they will do that. I still until... think you can do it good or evil. Yeah. You could. Yeah. You absolutely could. Yeah. Because yeah, like... to them, they're being lawful good, but they're protecting the big bad evil guy, right? Well, yeah. and, and one of the things that you could also, I mean, this kind of touches a little into the role playing, but they don't like the Revenants, or unlike the Revenants, they don't have a timeline on them. Yeah. They don't have a year to complete their mission. They just do their mission until their mission is done. Mm -hmm. And so you could slowly have one that is just spiraling down into a deep psychosis where he was lawful good. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to protect this thing. And I'm going to do such a great job. And <laughs> then he dies and he comes back and he's like, okay, cool. I got another chance. I'm going to protect this thing. I'm going to do such a great job. And then 
it's like somebody keeps trying to take it from him and he just gets more pissed and more pissed and more pissed and he keeps dying and he comes back three days later and he keeps dying and he comes back three later and he just starts spiraling. Okay. So I I love the darkness we're going with here. So I'm going to I'm going to add on to our romance, I'm going to call it a enemies to lovers romance. Oh boy! Between the daughter that is now being has a force warring <laughs> squire falling around, she falls in love oh, with him eventually. Oh force proximity. There's only one bed in the hotel room. <laughs> oh my and, god! And all the check boxes, ladies. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the one day happens where he does protect her from dying. Like he steps in the way, and then like he gets Sacrifices stabbed. Sacrifices himself. But he doesn't die. But she survives. But he's like, well, I've, I've. Lived fulfilled. out, fulfilled my my duty. Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gone. Yeah. Oh my and god! And then he disappears, and there's the big bad sad for your, for your one player because at the table. Secretly, she's like Steve. <laughs> she's grown <laughs> attached. It's been you. She, she, it's always been you. She's grown attached. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, we need to write horror romance stories, guys. <sighs> um, anyways, we can move on. Yeah, unless you have anything to add, we can move on to something else. Body oh, horror. I love it. So I didn't touch base in this um, for body horrors, um, but the book that we were referencing uh, was Monsters Compendium Volume 2, Dragonlance Creatures. Um, and the artwork for it, um, it's like kind of like a blue glowing spectral ghosty boy. We love a ghosty boy. <laughs> uh, that's just in like, it, he's just in full like warrior armor. So it's same kind of what we talked about. Yeah. It's like not a lot of actual real body yeah. horror. No. But you can speak to the spectral aspects of yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Like. He's just a cool little blue ghosty boy that <laughs> just follows you around. Yeah. And it will totally be those things where like, it's like, I need some space. And you slam the door and they just come through the door and keep Absolutely, because they, <laughs> they have incorporeal movement and yeah. they're just walking right through. And it's like, you know that doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone, Steve. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, we can move on and then I guess to role-playing aspects for these ones. So um, I think because they're... Like, no matter which direction you play, they're going to be super lawful towards their goal. Mm -hmm. So, and they're going to be stupid about it. So this is the one kind of one that you can do lawful stupid and still do it well. <laughs> yeah. Because they'll be like, well, no, we have to do it this way because it's, but it's, if it's, we're going the protection route, it's always because this is the better route because it's going to keep you safer. Yeah. Right. Like that's always their goal. And like, that's always what they're going to want to do. Even if it's something where like I, my goal in life was to keep this farm from burning to the ground. You probably have a fear of fire. Right? Like, you have to think about, like, what is going to stop them from reaching their goal, and that's going to be what they're going to hyperfixate on making sure it doesn't happen. Right. So, like, if you have a fear of fire because it's going to burn down your farm and your goal is to keep this farm alive, if a fucking wizard walks up, you're going to be like, I've seen one of you before, and if you fireball my farm, I will kill you. Yeah. Right? Like, they've had, like, trauma from yeah, right. previous experiences, right, that, that you can play off of. That you, yeah. Just to add a little bit of depth to the character, right? Yeah. They do have high wisdom, but mediocre intellect. Yeah. So you could definitely play up the, I know you're going to do this thing, but I'm going to do a stupid thing to stop you from doing that thing. They <laughs> <laughs> tell you you're stupid. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine they are protecting, like, your healer of the group, and then mm. shit pops off, and they, like, they pull you out. And so you can't, you are out of range or you can no longer heal one of your party members and they die. Yeah. And it's because, and they don't get it because yeah. they're like, well. You're alive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
everything else doesn't matter. And so then there's, like, that whole, like, battle going on there, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. All right, exploration clues. Um, they they're there. I don't think that they're they're especially in their blue. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they're I hiding think, in the closet of the yeah, bedroom. <laughs> I th- I think I think it's definitely like it's gonna be a straight up given if they've got an oath to protect a specific lineage or something along those lines. I think you could definitely drop you know some clues and things like that if they're sworn to protect like some sort of sacred item within a sanctuary or something along those lines. I mean, it's, it really is just any sort of oath that they could take in real, you know, in life. Yeah. They're going to try and fulfill. So I feel like sky's the limit when it comes to what they could be, um, you know, kind of bound to and that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. So, so, I mean, clues, that sort of stuff. Yeah, it could just be that they're there, but, you know, they could look you know, just based off of, like, you might not know that they're specifically a Forsworn right away. Right away. You probably don't know like, what it is that their yeah, goal is. Yeah. Right? So the, the clues would be, and the exploration would be figuring out what it is they're protecting. Yeah, or exactly. what, it is, what yeah. their goal is in life, yeah. right? So. Yeah. But what about you, Casey? Yeah, I don't think they're going to be hiding, trying to ambush you. No, like, no. if you walk into where they reside, they're going to be like, hello. What's up? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like hey, man. What are you yeah. here for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's going yeah. on? And they're probably going to interact before they attack. Yeah, yeah, and 100%. figure out the thing. But then, if you are in a direct, yeah. a direct opposite their goal, then like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. There is no convincing them otherwise. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, you are either going to be an ally or you are going to be something that they have sworn to yeah. make sure doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. Yeah, you're not going to get that much exploration and clues unless you're searching for a specific one, and all maybe yeah. all you know is they're a ghost. Yeah. And so then you go in somewhere and like yeah. see, and if there's lots of ghosts, it's like oh boy, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think a good exploration clue, like even like you can play it into the role playing, is that mm-hmm. if you're looking for a specific ghost. Maybe they came from a certain era, so they're wearing a different kind of armor. Armor, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's like ancient armor. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, there's this kind of bluey, spectrally person standing here, and they're wearing the armor of their their ancestors. So yeah. clearly, this is the person we're looking yeah. for. Right. Yeah. So that can kind of be a clue as to like, or who, what family they belong yeah. to, or do they belong to this area? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll have an emblem, or like we always say when we meet somebody, do they have a sigil on their? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. In in L five R, it's like what are they, what moon are they wearing? Like yeah. just like a symbol of like what kingdom they came from, right? So that would yeah. be a good clue to like yeah, where that they would came be. from. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah could also reverse it and you could like they could be the clue as well you are on a quest to find something specific yeah you don't know what the something specific is no yeah but and you, you know that there's something guarding it mm-hmm. that's right. the only thing that you have and we've kind of spun it i think in some other undead we've talked about where perhaps their goal is to wait somewhere for a specific person or a specific mm. family person mm. from a family to come yeah and so then they wait and they might wait generations generations and then yeah it's like you you are the person i've been waiting for yeah <laughs> and then Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Can they die or do they rejuvenate? So they rejuvenate after three days, okay. or um, I think after they fill, fulfill their duty, they just well, it's three days or one d ten. Yeah. Um. Oh no, sorry, three days or one d six. Got you. One d six um, days yeah. or whatever. One d yeah. yeah. One d six days. 
okay. average, average three days. Um, they'll rejuvenate. They get they have all their hit points back. Um, uh, all that yeah, all their hit back points back and things like that and they're just business as usual okay so, <sighs> so then when we move on to combat my idea here is that like they would have no care about their own physical body as long as they're protecting or doing what they need to be doing yeah so they're like i'm gonna come back but i if my if my job is to keep this safe i'm just going to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying even if it yeah. kills me right mm-hmm. well and I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things that it could spur the ire of them as well, though, because if you if they're specifically guarding an object mm-hmm. and their goal is to always have this object in this one spot, you kill them. They're gone for three days. You've GTFO'd out of that spot. You've taken with that item thing, with yeah. the item. It'll be you now have him on your ass to yeah. be like, ah, uh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Can you please bring you. it back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because these guys have got the, the wisdom. Like yeah. they're like, okay. And the strength to yeah. back it up. And like they, yeah. I imagine that they would have like a natural draw to whatever mm-hmm. it is. Like they can't not. Yeah. Like just like if they're protecting someone, it's like we, we, we are drawn to that person. Yeah. We're drawn to that item. Yeah. It's like, it's, the it follows thing. They're going to know almost almost kind of like how the Revenant always knows where its target is. Yeah. That sort of thing. Like, I would feel like they would definitely have some sort of connection to their oath. Let's say we do. They do. Yeah. (laughs) I'm okay with that. Cool. Any other final thoughts on those little guys? No? No. Cool. All right. So I'm going to go on to one last fun little weirdo. Uh, we're not going to go into great detail about it. It's just one that I want to mention because it's another kind of like additive to our theme that we have going on here. And that's called the Dread Warrior. So these are found in the Yawning Portal and are very specific creatures used by the Red Wizards uh, to act out their bidding as magical familiars. Uh, they have psychic links to them, like the Red Wizards have psychic links to them so they can feel and see what they're doing with their senses so they can guide them around to do what they need them to do. Stat-wise, they are a little tiny CR of one, uh, but with some neat little things about them. So due to being warriors, obviously they are kind of armored up, so they have a weird, they have an AC of 18. <laughs> uh, their stats are below average, uh, other than their strength, which is a plus two and a con of plus three. What is neat about them is that they have what's called undead fortitude, which means that if they are reduced to zero hit points, which their pool is not that large, it's only like 40. Uh, they do make a con save, and if they save, they only drop down to one hit point. So right. they can yeah. keep coming back and keep coming back alive. Unless it is with radiant damage. If they are hit with radiant damage and they die, they are poofed. They do have a multi-attack with a battle axe or a javelin, so they are very much not built to kill you. In my mind, anyways, they are more built to fight for their own survival to finish whatever deed it is the Red Wizard wants for them. It's like the Red Wizard has powered them enough to be like, no, you can fight if you need to and you can protect yourself if you need to, but your job is not to fight. Your job is to do my bidding and do my deeds. Yeah. Right? And what size are they? Uh, Medium. They're still medium. Okay. Yeah. 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 I just keep calling them little guys because they're just peons, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's nothing overly frightening and scary about them. I feel like they would almost be like dressed in like a Red Wizard's... I feel like if you're in a community where they are, like, known, they've got little red wizard cloaks that they're running yeah. around in, yeah. doing their jobs and doing yeah. their biddings and, like, just doing their mundane jobs of delivering their mail and, like... So they're Vivi from Final Fantasy. They're Vivi. That's how I'm picturing it. They're Vivi from Final Fantasy. Just running around doing random shit. But yeah, nothing to be afraid of in my mind. But yeah, that kind of takes us to the end of our main conversation here, but... So, 
on a scale of one to ten, using our fantastic girl math, <laughs> uh, how would you rank these creatures as a part of the undead landscape in the D and D fifth edition? So revenants. They don't scare me with that brass tax. Like, they just don't. Like, I mean, and they've been around for years. I feel like they exist in our real world, to be honest with you. It's just, I feel like there's people in this world that just act like that. Yeah. Don't scare me. I'm going to give them, like, a four. <laughs> Unless you beef them up with some, like, customization. Yeah. yeah. Three. Yeah, I was, thinking, I was thinking three as well. Like, as written... A three. Yeah. You could definitely oomph them up. Yeah. Give them some, give them some personality. Yeah. Give them, give them a little spice, you know? Yeah. But as is, boring as fuck. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Sword Wraith Warriors. I could kick one with my boot. I'm going to give it a 4.5. If I ever remembered what I rated skeletons, no. Skeletons. <laughs> Skeletons and zombies. These are maybe a tip above that. Just a tip. We'll say, we'll say five. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair, fair, fair. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll split the difference. I'll go for a four. <laughs> four? All right. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I would say standalone, yeah. You could definitely... They're a one punch. Yeah. But... If you're fighting 30 of them... Yeah. If or, they are in a horde... Horde mentality might be a little bit frightening. Yeah. Yeah. That would bump it up to probably like a nine. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking kind of going... Yeah. That, go, that, that just going screams through. dogpile grappling. And, and honestly... I would say psychological factor on them as well with the whole, because we've made it canon now. They have the heartbeat. It's true. Yeah. The heartbeat's there. The heartbeat's <laughs> there. So the psychological factor of you just lying in bed and you're in and you just, you see the red glow and you hear the dun, 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 dun yeah. of like the horde of these. Yeah. I'm probably not going to feel super cozy. Yeah. Not going to be great. That's fair. Yeah, and their their hit point pool is similar to the Dread Warrior, um, mm-hmm. but significantly less than the Commander. So, yeah. yeah. I forget what the Revenant, Revenant was at. It was over 100, though. Yeah, I think I the think Commander the Revenant and Revenant like, were similar. Yeah, they were like 140-ish. Pool. I think yeah. it was like 142 oh, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Sword with Commanders. Out of hilarity, because I really want to play like a Barbosa, like a Barbosa mundane <laughs> yeah. like like that commander. Just out of neatness, I'm gonna give him a solid eight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're a good bump up. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Uh the Forsworn. Yeah, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Two. <laughs> out of an annoyability <sighs> scale. <laughs> On is right. it annoying or not? <laughs> See, like on a threat scale? On a threat scale, like a two. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. On a how an annoying can, can you make this? Solid 10. 100%. <laughs> As how much can I piss off by dropping an NPC that's a ghost? Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And Dread Warrior. Adorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're a 10 on the adorable scale. Oh my god. <laughs> These adorable little, like, red wizards just running around. Yeah. I'm uninspired by them, too. Yeah. yeah. Out of inspiration, zero. Adorableness, ten. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. All right, so now it's time to close the crypt on this part of our conversation on the undead in D&D 5th edition. Stay tuned next time when we move on to a kind of monster that is very, very close to my heart, the Death Knight. Thanks for listening to this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com. 
And if you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at r slash it's a mimic. For other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. Ghost lovers. <laughs> do we have an idea for a cold open for this one? Do we do cold opens for Undead? No, no. we never have. That's what I thought. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, so Adam. Free. <laughs> Are we supposed to? They're not really. I don't know, them. man. Oh yeah, there always is. And I cold just work open. here, okay? <laughs> oh, what's up? The one time he put me in for a cold open, I did not see it, and so I sat down with him. He's like, "So what's your cold open?" I was like, "Who? What? <laughs> what is that? What? What? What does that mean?" <laughs> What? I usually always see it right before we're about to start recording, and I start Googling shit. I'm like, what's a weird question I can ask about this? I'm like, oops. Yeah. I don't have any dice to roll. Fuck, Megan. You had one job. Whose house is this? Whose house? Give me a second. Let me get the They're box. not even in the room. Well, they're my in. My God. I organize my house, okay? They're in their spot. <laughs> I was even thinking, I was like, I should bring dice. <laughs> Didn't bring dice. Never bring dice. I should have brought my five pound bag of dice. The amount of times I have forgotten my dice until the full stroll when we're, when mm. we're recording online, though. Mm. <laughs> All the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> stickers. Yeah, they're my level up stickers from Adam. Oh. <laughs> Whenever we level up, we get stickers. <gasps> um... The book that I dove into, which is Morden Kynan's Monsters of Presents Monster. Oh my god! And you got through the intro without I know fumbling. That was impressive. Um, we only had one beer, guys. <laughs> uh, next on next on the docket, uh, the Forsworn. Uh, so the Forsworn are um, spectral embodiments uh, of former. Uh, no, we're gonna redo that. Yeah, man. And, and speak up. <laughs> oh, and speak up. And okay. Speak up. So I didn't touch base in this, um, but the art um, in um, so the book that I was referencing was the monstrous uh, condenda uh, com- monstrous compendendum. Uh, volume two, Dragonlance. Uh, you mean creatures. compendium? Compendium. Strike that. See, it's not just me struggling with book names, right? <laughs> My brain was like, "What is that word?" We're gonna strike that. It's an Ohio thing. Don't worry about it. <laughs>